I've had a vision that Royish Good Looks and I would dive deep into Star Wars visions. We discuss everything we love and what it means for Star Wars storytelling. The conversation proceeded exactly as I have foreseen on this special edition of Krypton to Alderaan. Welcome, everyone, to Krypton to Alderaan, the podcast that has a bad feeling about this. Nice. <laughs> I think I've used that one before. I, in fact, I probably have, but it just felt... as appropriate. Like I had to for this. I'm Joey, and with me is Royce. Hello, podcast. And we are the podcast that talks all about nerdy pop culture stuff, but it's mostly Star Wars. And it's just the two of us today... Just the two of us. <laughs> wake up, wake up. I don't know how it goes. Something like that. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Please leave that in. Okay. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm excited to argue about Star Wars. Man, setting us up already. We're doing a little one-on-one episode. We want to play catch-up. You want to do any catching up or we just want to dive right into it? You got anything going on? Uh, I don't know if I have anything incredibly interesting to bring up on the show uh, other than... If we want to rewind, where we hung out in person and we built that sweet probe droid, which does not make for great podcast content, but <laughs> I love that those series of Legos. So for everyone listening, Joey and Lorelai came to visit for my birthday a week and a half or two ago. Legos, man, they're just the ultimate Star Wars lover present. Yeah, those Legos were cool. We should like hang out in person was awesome. I was thinking today when we were getting ready to record that we should probably should have done like at least a little bit of Krypton to Alderaan social media stuff while we were all together. Yeah. I don't even think like there's a picture of us all together or anything. It's like oh, it yeah, never maybe even not. happened. Probably a little bit of a missed opportunity, but that's like, that's the thing you asked. Should we do an episode when we're all in person? And it's like, well, if we do that, then we're not partying. And I just wanted to party. So that's why we didn't do an in-person episode, I guess. Yeah, well, also, we were super late because of New Jersey Transit. Lorelai and I didn't rent a car. We were riding the rails. And uh, when we bought tickets at New Jersey Transit, they, it was unknown to us that the tracks were closed. So we were very late getting to Royce and Robbins. So if anyone here is works for New Jersey Transit that's listening, hey, <laughs> just like figure that shit out. Anyway, yes, fun <laughs> times. Good probe droid. Those Lego sets are baller. Everyone go pick one up. Lego needs more money, right? Anyway, today, Royce and I are going to talk about Star Wars Visions. But first, if you're listening and you'd like to get in touch with us, reach out with your feelings. We're on Twitter at Krypton Alderaan. We're on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube at Krypton 2 Alderaan. So on YouTube, like that smash button. Also, if you could, pretty please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps the show, really helps people find the show, all that stuff that you hear every podcast say every episode that they do. And if you do leave us a review, I will read it on air like this one from Beza Ozer. Beza Ozer has given us five stars, and then the title of their review is also a series of stars. And it says, a fun group of people who have such a natural, welcoming relationship you feel like you're part of. Love this show, hearts. So thanks, Beza. 
yeah, that's really great. We really appreciate it. It uh, it really helps out. And if anyone else listening could go and leave us a review, that would be great. Okay, I think that's all the things. Oh, pew pew us an email. CryptonAlderon at gmail.com. There, I squeezed that one in. <laughs> so, visions. Right off the bat, I want to say, hey, if you're listening right now and you haven't listened to the Royish Good Looks podcast episode about visions... We're probably going to reference that a bit during this conversation. So just pa- take a pause, go and listen to that. What is it, like 15 or 20 minutes? It yeah, was a pretty it's short, a, it's a pretty short episode. Uh, but full of good, royish, good looks content, if I do say so myself. Thanks. And also, you're welcome. And also something you say, I don't want to jump too far ahead. I think we're going to talk about each, a little bit about each episode, maybe. But at one point in your podcast, you say, how you felt about Tatooine Rhapsody, and then you encourage Lucasfilm or Disney to reach out to you if they're going to do another one. Um, so that being said, if anyone listening wants to go check out Royish Good Looks' music, lots of fun Star Wars music that might be better than the stuff on Tatooine Rhapsody. Shots, we'll get shots fired! <laughs> Listen, I like that episode. I don't love that episode. There's a lot of things i feel about that episode but i don't think like the music part is like a good part of the episode yeah we let's let's get some positive things in the, in yeah, the episode before we jump into that one i think we're gonna do some positive and then maybe some not so positive and then some positive again uh it goes up and down so again hearkening back to your podcast I'm curious because you put a call to action out like right up front if anyone has seen visions to let you know, reach out to you and let you know what they thought. Has anyone done that? Uh, Not a lot of comments from that episode. It seemed like there was one person that was like, no, I haven't seen it, but listen to your show and probably not going to watch it. And then somebody else, oh, that, no. <laughs> somebody else that did uh, rate, rate some of the episodes in like the order that they like them. And no, not a lot of comments. It seemed like it's not super exciting, I would say, to the grand audience of normal people that aren't looking to consume all the canon. I was trying to find mm. a better word for it, but you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's yeah. not, a, not a must-see, like, one of the big films or, like, new season of The Mandalorian. It's, like, obscure. Yeah, I agree. It's very obscure. So, obviously, for all the canon files out there, I'm changing. Like, I just... Love it all. Listen, I loved Visions. I loved a lot of Visions. There's some stuff with like Tatooine Rhapsody and stuff that I didn't love as much. But I guess just like cards on the table right up front. I loved it. There's just so much. And it's not canon. Fine. But it's such good storytelling. And the the freedom that these creators have, the freedom that any creators have to make a story not set in canon, which is a label I'm really getting sick of. But you just have so much freedom of the stories you can tell when you don't have to be boxed in like that. And I think that this is the epitome of that sentiment. Like, it doesn't get any more free than Star Wars Visions. Nine short episodes within the Star Wars universe that aren't connected, aren't interconnected at all. It's just completely passion projects, and I love that. So. We've talked about it on the show before, but just knowing that, like going into it, that Lucasfilm reached out to these create these Japanese creators and that each one of these was going to be different and that none of them were canon was so exciting to me. Just the idea. It's, it's very similar 
in my mind, to the sentiment of fan fiction. These people love this stuff so much and they create their own content based on it. And you just, and you just have the freedom. So believe me, I understand coming from a, it's not part of canon mindset, but man, what a great opportunity to tell these stories and what great stories they told. That's my point. Each one of these stories is good, I think, in my opinion. There's just not one that's bad. And they had such freedom to tell it. And that's what you get when you have that freedom. Yeah, I think that's the main thing you have to take away from Visions is like they let people make the Star Wars they wanted to make, which is kind of funny if anybody wants to actually bitch and complain about any Star Wars. If those same people you know, who want to rewrite Last Jedi or Rise of Skywalker, if they also want to rewrite Visions, they missed the point of Visions. So it's kind of funny if if you're like, I didn't like Tatooine Rhapsody, they ruined Star Wars for me. Like that was, (laughs) it was literally the whole point is so that they had the freedom to like be that wild and experimental. Whether you liked it or not, like that particular episode didn't hit for me. In general, since it doesn't tie in, you're like, how what weight does this hold? But that's not the point of it. You know, they're not trying to tie it into other things. It's just somebody else's, like Vision is the perfect name for it. Like if you're listening to the show today and you didn't watch the behind the scenes, you have to watch the behind the scenes because it really ties in the whole point of the series. Like if you're confused, like why is there anime and why doesn't it tie in? That's literally the point of the series. But I think that's hard to get across when you just see the, the one commercial where they showed like Lop and Ocho and you're like, there's a bunny in Star Wars? Like, <laughs> Well, there was before, but yes, I know what you're saying. It's, it's very like, what the hell is this though? And I think that's easy to turn people off, especially that it's anime. It looks very much like Christmas special or holiday special, you know? Yeah. Where you're like, I probably am going to write this off immediately just by looking at it, not realizing that the whole point was to give a completely different culture a chance to contribute to Star Wars. So it's cool if you look at it from that angle. Exactly. And and taking it back, expressing more of the roots of Star Wars. Like, obviously, samurai lore and that kind of storytelling, all those old samurai-type films had such an influence on George Lucas and on the creation and storytelling within Star Wars. On the other side of the coin, from what you said, as far as like people seeing the trailer and it and then shutting it off, I'm hoping that this opened it up. Like Star Wars, I love Star Wars. I love everything about Star Wars, but it 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 tends it it tends to exist in this lane where like it's closed off maybe to new people joining, right? And Star Wars Visions opens that up. Right. So if you like anime, if you're an anime fan, you can watch Star Wars Visions and maybe you get more and maybe it opens the door for you into Star Wars or a Mandalorian did the same thing. Right. We're, we're opening doors into Star Wars all the hmm. time, but Mandalorian's more tied into the canon storytelling. But what Visions did and with the different creators and if you like if you like some of the creators or studios and stuff that they've done in the past and you want but you're not into Star Wars and you watch their Visions episode, it just opens up doors. and. Maybe it opens up doors for people who do like Star Wars to check more of those creators' stuff out. So maybe that's a hint to people like checking out, going on, go on the 
Wikipedia page and look up the studios and see what else they've done and see if you like their stuff, if you liked a particular episode of Visions. But anyway, okay, all that said, I love everything we just said. (laughs) So end of episode, (laughs) I guess. No, I kind of want to go into each episode and just a little bit and and say maybe what we thought about it. We can skip some if we go on for too long. But I want to ask another question up front, Royce. As someone who just watched their first animated Star Wars thing, right? You just watched the Bad Batch and now you're what you're going through Rebels. Yeah. Did your openness to something like Visions change because you've wa- you've started watching these animated Star Wars stuff? Well, I made that statement that I was like hungry for new Star Wars, like it's the point in my life where I'm ready to accept I I've stooped to the level of watching the animated series. And <laughs> that's very rude. Uh I I feel attacked. <laughs> The but the the serialized stuff is different though. Like Bad Batch felt really cool that it was like a very succinct kind of story. There weren't there were a few kind of one off episodes, but the whole thing felt like dense to me in a way. And Rebels is very similar, obviously. And Visions, like it's odd to call it a series because it's not really connected. So it doesn't pay off in the same way that you're like I watched all these episodes and there's like an overarching story. It would have been really cool if they did tie in a few of them together or the one studio that did get to do multiple episodes that those episodes link together or something. They're all standalone. And that's cool that you can appreciate that one short, but you know, it's not a traditional series or trilogy. So that's another reason I think people are going to sleep on it because there isn't anything to really sink your teeth into. You're like, I love this one short, but all the other ones are completely different. So that's just something you have to accept. That's the whole point of the of the series. But I was going to give it a shot either way. And I was excited for it because it, it was going to be different. So you just don't know. It doesn't mean it's going to be bad that it's different. You have to give it a shot. And there was some stuff I thought was like, like you said, you're like, this is pretty cool. I do think, and I said this on my episode on the Royish Good Looks podcast, like anime works perfect for like, I'm going to soup up my powers. Like, the emperor's going to like lightning you. That's going to look so much cooler in anime. And I think they mentioned this in the behind the scenes too, where like the faces can be much more emotive and you get someone that's like, and they look like they're going to explode. It's that medium works really well for like force battles and lightsaber duels. I think more so than, than in the films where you have to like ground it in reality a little bit. So anime is cool for that, but I'm not an anime like person to begin with. So it was way out of left field for me in general. It wasn't like a, a regular cartoon or like Clone Wars, like Pixar animation type stuff, you know? Yeah. So next question, sub or dub? What'd you go with? Sub or dub? Subtitle sub- or English? Subtitle or, or English dub? <laughs> I watched it with the English dub, I guess. That's <laughs> the default that comes up though when you, I don't think I had to select anything. Yeah, so I watched most of I watched most of them twice. Once in Japanese with the English subtitles. That that's how I watched them first, and then I went back and watched them with the English dub. And I will say because it connects with what you just said about like anime allowing all this, like you can really go out there with some of the stuff. Some of the episodes, I honestly. Some of the episodes are much better in Japanese with the English subtitles than they were dubbed. Tatooine Rhapsody is much better 
in Japanese with subtitles. So when I watched it the second time in English, I liked it a lot less. Yeah, I can imagine because so, you can you can focus in on the visual or like the 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 music more rather than like just the dialogue, which is what most people are gonna you know probably take in. The, all the visuals look awesome. I don't think there was yeah. one episode where I was like, "This doesn't look good." They're all unique, but they all mm-hmm. look pretty cool. Yeah, they looked awesome. So that's a great segue into talking about the duel because you talked about on your podcast how amazing the duel looked. Yeah, that was the perfect one to kick it off. Yeah. I think it looked, I mean, it was an incredible story. They got me right away with the music, but the animation was just amazing. And with just like the really raw, I don't know what the right term for it, but it felt so raw. And like the shadows constantly dancing on people's faces and stuff, the characters' faces. Mm -hmm. It was so incredible to see. And then obviously the visual elements of actual character design were incredible. So... Did that get you hooked? Did you watch The Duel and was like, well, now I'm obviously going to watch the rest of these? Yeah, I think that, like I said, it was a good first episode. If you're like, what is this like weirdo anime thing? And you're like, wow, this is pretty badass. It looked badass. And that story was kind of the most badass story. Like it was just a cool pow right in the face. Like we're kicking kicking this off. Yeah, I, I have no complaints about that one. It was cool. Yeah. I also really like that he's got the crystal at the end and like, he's like this wards off evil. Like that's yeah. an interesting way to look at Kyber crystals. It's really interesting the the lore aspect of that. It was also obviously really interesting that he had a series of lights of red lightsabers and red Kyber crystals. Right. So like was he a bad guy or does he just go around defeating Sith? All of the episodes have kind of set up I think to tell more of their story, right? All of the episodes sort of call to a sequel. Yeah. If Potentially. Just in case, I guess, Visions wants to continue doing this. The duel, for me, was the only one that made me want to see the main character's past. And I thought that that was a really interesting sort of storytelling element, and especially an interesting one to kick off the all the shorts. Every other one, I think, set up like the future of the storytelling really well. Yeah. But I'd love to see more of that character's past and who he was and what he did and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, we were talking about the music, and this had very original trilogy-type sounding music. So what did you think of the music of this? I can't recall it specifically, but I I do remember not having any complaints about this first one, and I feel like this was the first one just more cinematic in general, because some of the others were like more Eastern type of instrumentation and like plucky Mm. instruments rather than like strings and horns yeah. and, and stuff you would expect at the end of well towards the end of these shorts it started to seem to me like the episodes that were paying homage to star wars music and john williams and kevin kiner it seemed like those episodes the music that they chose and wrote correlated to the era of star wars that they were set in some music for some episodes seemed very original trilogy some music seemed very prequel trilogy I'd be really curious to hear if you have anything to say about that or if it's if you noticed anything like that. But also, like, I don't know if it's true. I haven't looked it up, but it seemed like a really interesting storytelling choice. Yeah, I can't believe there wasn't a behind the scenes on the music production. I think they might have mentioned that once or twice. Somebody said, like, and once we added the music, it became Star Wars. Like, 
yeah, okay, we know music is important <laughs> to Star Wars, but there wasn't, I don't think there was a behind the scenes that went in depth on the music. And yeah. there's no soundtrack. Put out the fucking soundtrack. <laughs> Do yeah. you want people to care about this? It's got cool music. Put it out. I assume they yeah. will eventually. I'm kind of frustrated that they didn't because you're asking this question. I wanted to hear the music. It's yeah. not out officially. So I, I can't answer it because I didn't watch it twice. But next time I watch it, I do want to pay attention to the music. If I do watch it, I feel like that's a surprise question we need to answer for this one. So I can't really answer you specifically because I don't remember exactly what it was. That would be cool, though, if that was the idea. Keep it similar to the era that it was in. But yeah. some of the music was like way left field. There's two episodes in particular where the music was way left field. And, the, <laughs> and we're going to talk about one of them right now. Let's so just it. lay out all your feelings on Tatooine Rhapsody. Or do you want me to go first and then you can respond? Well, all right. Let me set it up because you can probably bring us maybe back home to, <laughs> to Tatooine a little to bit. some positivity. You can bring us in for another happy landing. Yeah. Uh, again, I said it on my show. Like you said, we're going to keep referencing my thoughts I've already put out there. But I like the idea of like a Star Wars musical. If one of the studios was like, we're going to do a Star Wars musical episode, especially in non-canon. All right, totally cool. Oh man, the style, it doesn't, it didn't work. And I think that was the episode they said that the music made it Star Wars, which... That's not, that's, yeah, I would argue that for sure. I really like punk rock, pop music, like all genres really, but that particular style guitars and drums is not inherently Star Wars. They said it was inspired by Blitzkrieg Bop. Like, right. that's, I love that. It's not Star Wars though. The Ramones are not no. Star Wars. So it just, it was weird. And the fact yeah. that that episode had Boba Fett and Jabba, if there was going to be a Visions episode that was going to irk even like the most friendly of Star Wars consumers, that's going to be the one because it's the only one that really messes with the timeline. The other ones, even if they were canon, they don't really mess with other established stories. Again, they said this in the behind the scenes. Oh, we didn't know if this episode was going to work. A band and it's got Jabba and it's going to be really fun though. So we're going to see how... And you could tell whoever that dude was that was describing this was like sweating bullets that he knew people would rip it apart. And they went for it but it did not hit home for me. It was a little cringy. I was showing Robin as I was watching it and they were performing the song and like the crazy vocal performance and she was wicked, wicked confused. Yeah. But it was really, uh, strip all my opinions off of it though. It was really cute in its own bubble. Yeah. Again, this was someone's story. This is a story someone had and it's not set in, oh God, I just want to throw up every time I say the word now. It's not set in canon. So they had the freedom to tell whatever yeah. story they wanted to tell with whatever characters. And I loved seeing Boba Fett and Tamura Morrison. Boba Fett rocking out to the music? I actually kind of yeah. like that. It's a lot of fun, but also it's someone's passion project. Right. And I love that. And I, I, the, the music isn't Star Wars, but no music was Star Wars before there was Star Wars music. So people create and then what they create becomes part of the zeitgeist whatever you right. another word that makes me want to vomit yeah no they could have hired me to do music for that and then i would be <laughs> getting flamed you know even being like no it is this is star wars it made it star I, wars i understand what you're saying the idea of it's not star wars is this is all 
these shorts, these visions, people's visions are what makes Star Wars Star Wars. Star Wars was someone's vision, and now we talk about it 40 years later. So it's just all incredible storytelling from incredible people. All the things I just said being said, Tatooine Rhapsody is probably my least favorite amongst the group. It is, honestly, it's much better in Japanese, especially the singing part. So if you're going to go back and watch it, try to do it that way. But there's still so much Star Wars-ness to it. I think it's still an incredibly heartfelt story. It's still an incredibly found family story, which is the heart of Star Wars at this point. And I think it's a really incredible sort of parallel Maybe not exactly a parallel, but it really got me thinking because you and I have been talking about Rebels so much because you're going through Rebels and I love Rebels. It's such an incredible parallel to the Rebels storyline where Ezra, some street rat Padawan, gets picked up by Kanan, who's a Jedi and learns the ways of the Force. This kid we see starts out at, during Order 66. He gets found. And his trajectory is changed because of who finds him. So Ezra, the Padawan, gets found by Kanan, the Padawan, I guess, and trained as a Jedi. This kid gets found by the Hut and the band and gets trained as a musician. And the ending where he, he's held on to his, light, his broken lightsaber for so long and then turns it into a microphone is just the... He's found his family and it didn't have to be Jedi. and. That adds such weight to found family. Like Star Wars has become so much about found family. Rebels, The Mandalorian, on and on and on. But this is the one that says found family can be so important no matter who it is. You don't like, it doesn't have to be important because you're raised by a Jedi or you're raised by a Mandalorian and then he like gives you to a Jedi or whatever. This is just like, this is this kid's family and he can put the past behind him and just be a rock star. And I loved that. I loved that part of it. And that part was so Star Wars to me. So as much as there's stuff in this episode I don't like, there's so much Star Wars-ness to it to me. And I love that. So please, if you're listening and you haven't watched it, give it a chance. Based on what we've said, you know it's not going to be like the hardest hitting thing for you it's not going to be your favorite thing maybe but I mean, still they're tw- they're like 12 minutes long yeah I, it's super easy to watch that's our favorite thing to say about tv which is like yeah anything's super easy that's you're so sitting funny. on your ass watching a screen all right anyway that's my rant about tatooine rhapsody that might be the most i have to say about any of these because i really think it deserves respect and ah it just like meant so much to me without me really liking it all that much I also would rate it my least favorite, but for everything we set up top, like I don't want to just hate on it. There was reasons that it didn't hit home for me. But like you said, like that could have been somebody else's jam. That's like, I don't like the Star Wars music, but I like this rock anthem stuff, you know? Yeah. And that could connect. And maybe that would be a cool series for a different demographic. And I'm not against that. And I would probably watch it. That's all. Yes. Star Wars is great, isn't it? So, we have the first two out of the way. The first two were two I really wanted to focus on. So, let's skip around a bit, I think, for time's sake. 
which ones did you like the yeah, most? Let's, like, let's see what we have in common. Yeah. In no particular order. The Elder, T.O.B. One, uh, the Ninth Jedi, and I guess that would be it. Those are my top three, I would say. Okay. Man, there's there's so much I want to say. Do we disagree? Do- are those not in your top couple? It's hard for me to rank them like that. I, I would say I liked, I really liked the twins. I, mm-hmm. I loved the way it looked. It was another beautiful, beautiful animation, especially at the end with the setting suns and like one sun's darker than the other and they're twins. And that I, was, that I was a great the, use of the anime animation for wild duels and battle sequences. Yeah, I loved the look. I loved the lore. Uh, uh, so probably my favorite episode if i were to pick right now having only seen each one twice (laughs) uh would be the village bride oh wow Hmm. i really loved that episode from start to finish if i remember correctly the ninth jedi is probably pretty close behind the ninth jedi i don't know how else to say it based on everything i've just said with like don't put Star Wars in a box, but it, yeah. the Ninth Jedi maybe felt the most classic Star Wars yep. to me. Like, so those two, I love. I really liked Tob One, but I did have some some issues with it. I and... would have guessed Tob One would have been your favorite because it's just so like I want to be a Jedi when I grow it's up, and so like who doesn't want to be a Jedi yeah. when they grow up? It's like so Pinocchio esque, and I loved the old man jedi i can't remember any characters names but and i loved the elder and the elder felt very you know i don't know if i'm a good podcaster or not maybe i should have looked up if these are set within certain uh eras obviously some of them talk about the empire this says centuries after the death of darth bane in the initial extinction of the sith Okay, so I was going to say the Elder felt and looked like that time era. And the Ninth Jedi also felt and looked like High Republic era Star Wars, especially the ship at the end and obviously like a call to Jedi and there aren't any Jedi left and and all that stuff. So anyway, those story aspects I like. So the Village Bride, the Ninth Jedi, T.O.B. One and the Elder. Were they yours as well? Yeah, pretty much. I wasn't into the Village Bride so much. But I, I thought, like you you mentioned, Ninth Jedi in the Elder just felt like Star Wars. So if you're going to start dabbling like into different animation styles or different storytellers, like even if it was going to be another movie, like in a different director or whatever, like you said, what's the box that Star Wars fits in? Jedis and lightsabers, Padawans and masters. Like yeah. that's super safe Star Wars. When you get into Rock Band, you're like, whoa, whoa. You're out of the yeah. box, dude. So those were easy, easy ones to please people. I'm surprised that those weren't earlier on. That like Tatooine Rhapsody, if placed in like the middle, would have made more sense. Like that's where you put the crypto episode. You keep bringing up crypto. Crypto's not episode two. So <laughs> dude, think about it like albums. Like the, the hit single is always like track two and three. There's always uh, like an obscure- five, I've heard Taylor Swift <laughs> track five. Oh, that's a different story. <laughs> it just—it was odd that they 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 buried a lot of the cool episodes. I feel like even like Aka Curry was pretty cool and maybe not bad for like a closer, but yeah, just ordering the episodes is like a a, a very odd uh, exercise to begin with. Like, how do you want people to experience this? Somebody thought about it, you know. Yeah, I mean, obviously you don't have to watch them in order. They're going to play in a certain order, but you don't have to watch them in order. 
I would rearrange the order if I was going to introduce this to like... Of course you would. It's Star Wars. That's why they did it this way. Star Wars is never in order. That's part of the box. (laughs) You need to watch it in machete order. Yeah. Anyway, let's break apart this box. Break down the walls. Star Wars is whatever Star Wars is, which is the whole point of Visions. Right. Anyway, The Ninth Jedi was incredible. It was an amazing story. Amazing lore. The Star Wars lore that I love. A lightsaber smith. That's that's the coolest thing. Creating lightsabers that react to the user. Like, the lightsaber crystals aren't bled, but they still turn red when the Sith use them as, like, a warning. Which is incredible. And then you can, like, extend the beam and the color forms to the Jedi. All that stuff. Incredible. Awesome action. The sounds were amazing. The music's great. Everything there... Everything there is to like about the Ninth Jedi, there is. I loved it. Was there any specific part of the Ninth Jedi that really, like, got it for you? Like, yes, this is Star Wars. This is why I'm watching these. That kind of thing. When they panned down from space to a space (laughs) station, like every fucking Star Wars does. You're putting it in a box. Dude, I need a crawl. I need the fanfare. And I, I need it to pan down out of space. Like, that's... I know that that doesn't make it Star Wars. Like you said, the found family stuff or the other overarching themes within Star Wars. But you hook people with the beginning of something and they only remember the beginning and the end. So you have the crazy space battle in the beginning and you have the Darth Vader scene at the end. And then you're always going to be good to go. So that hooked me immediately that, oh, it's clearly Star Wars. And then the Sabersmith idea is brilliant too. Because... Jedi are making their own lightsabers. They're not electrical engineers. Like, it's crazy that Luke's in a cave, like, building his lightsaber in that deleted Return of the Jedi scene. Like, I don't think most Jedi would build their own lightsabers. Like, I think you would probably get it handed down to you from a master sort of thing. And maybe if you wanted to be a nerd, then you'd start building your own recording gear or whatever. You buy your first lightsaber at Lightsabers are us, you know? I'm going to pull an um, actually. I'm going to be the <laughs> um, actually guy here for a minute. And it is in canon in Clone Wars <laughs> era. And before the clone, hundreds of years before the Clone Wars, Padawans are taken to a place like Ilum to find their lightsaber crystal. And then returning back on the ship are advised on how to construct their lightsaber. Sure. So I'm talking out of my ass. It's all about using the force. So it's it's sort of like the Jedi doesn't have to be an electrical engineer, but obviously the universe understands how the components <laughs> should fit together. So they do. Makes sense. But yeah, I guess this guy just makes them. So I think that's, that's cool. cool. And I guess they're yeah. rare at that point. You know, there's right. not Jedi around. And for some, like the stormtroopers are like hunting him. I don't know if they like, I forget exactly how that played out, but he's doing it in secret. Like that's yeah. even cooler. Like we're not supposed to have these. It's like Prohibition or something, you know? It played out a little weird. They weren't stormtroopers. Obviously, it's set in a different, in a much different era. It's after Rise of Skywalker, I think. Oh, all right. That's neat. I will say that it wasn't stormtroopers that showed up, but they do say they found him. The person who hired him told those bad guys where he was. But the person that hired him was 
the guy looking for Jedi. It was it was and a gotcha moment. That, yeah. The one that his daughter went with at the end. So it's very like like that's another very intriguing, like, ooh, I hope they make a sequel to this, because is this guy a good guy or is he a bad guy? Right. Was this all part of the plan? Yeah. Very interesting stuff. All right. Let's talk about another weird sound one. T-O-B-1. <laughs> I'm, I'm really... So you were surprised that this wasn't my favorite. I'm surprised that it's in your top three. It was just enjoyable. Because, because of, like, this one's extra animated. You know, it's a whole different... It's so different than any of the other ones in terms, yep. of, in terms of everything. Story, animation, sounds, music. This has no... From what I could hear, like, no homage to the Star Wars orchestra music. This is another, like, left-field music one. But it's very sweet, and it's very cute, and it's very Pinocchio, and this little droid wants to... It's very Astro Boy, obviously, Astro Boy looking, but this little droid wants to grow up and be a, a Jedi. And, yeah, I... There's some of it I really loved, and a couple of things that I didn't personally love. But is that what attracted you to it? Just the... What, so what did you like about it, I guess? Let's just talk about what you liked about it. I think it had an appropriate level of innocence where it just, it felt not like classic Star Wars, but it just felt natural that you have this kind of master character bringing up this younger character that happens to be a robot and yeah. the robot wants to be a Jedi. It just, it's a classic story and obviously yeah. like sort of Pinocchio based. I also love that he's T-O-B-1 and then takes on the name Toby. Like right. it's just, it's cool. Like that's, yeah. it just, it just worked for, I don't know if you can like exactly define it, why that's in my top three. It's not like lightsaber duels and like badass spaceships and super weapons or whatever. It's a very like innocent story. It worked. And maybe because it was the sixth episode. So if you are getting tired of like the crazy anime over the top stuff, maybe by that point you're like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm down for like a throwback old school kind of Disney vibe, which is what it gave off. It felt a little nostalgic to me, I suppose. That's really interesting point. I felt that it was like extra anime. And one of the problems, not problems, one of the things that was jarring to me was that it took on this quality of being super fast in some, at some parts, like things happen so quickly or the scene gets cut so quickly, which is, I think, a very anime thing mm -hmm. to do but it's very jarring to me to watch and like when he finds the kyber crystal it, it's just like a super quick thing it felt like a full-length animated movie packed into however long it was 15 or 20 minutes or or whatever it was and so some things really needed to be sped up that was just like one of the things that was really jarring to me Again, I'm going to get maybe a little bit emotional and sentimental, but it is another incredible found family. This Jedi is building these droids to have a family. Like they're helping him do his science and stuff, but but he's he calls them his children. There's, you know, one of the scenes that's most like heartwarming is when he's like, "Come on, my children," and they're all walking in a line. That's a very like I feel like that's a very like classic Disney-esque scene. Yeah. But he built these droids to be his family. And I love that. And I love, uh, well, I, I guess that's it. I love that. <laughs> There's also the, one of the storytelling elements that I love 
so much about this one in particular. The Jedi, Mitaka, we don't know he's a Jedi at first, and he's like explaining to TOB1, you know, that he's heard Padawans find their kyber crystals, and that leads them to become a Jedi like he doesn't know, and then it turns out he's a Jedi, and he's got no arms. He's built these robots to like help him out, but he's on that planet creating these robots and doing this science to like fix the planet. He's there to rehabilitate the planet after whatever it's gone through or terraform the planet or whatever they're going to do. And I think that's just really awesome to see from like a group of characters in Star Wars that haven't always been the greatest or the nicest or like cared about stuff like that. Like we know the Jedi in times of war and they like take people's children away and all that kind of stuff. And so he's like rebuilding this planet. And I think that's incredible. And then throughout the series of events, T.O.B. one, even though he wants to be a Jedi, he takes over his like, quote unquote, father's science and rehabilitates the planet. And I love that. So there's a little bit of like actiony Star Wars boxy stuff with like the Jedi and Inquisitors and blah, 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 blah. But there's the overarching story of found family and fixing this planet and it becoming more important than action and adventure. And, you know, harkens to a line that Yoda said that's brought up in this episode, you know, adventure, that's not what a Jedi craves. However that line goes, Mitaka says something very similar to T.O.B. one in this episode, and it really resonates with him, obviously, and he continues his father's research and fixes the planet, and I love that. Agreed. Okay, let's talk about The Elder, because another really, like, really obviously amazing-looking episode. I guess they're all amazing-looking, but... This one was probably the most, like, I don't want to use the term, like, normal, but, like, regular cartoon. Like, it looked well, like... A- Western, yeah, uh, American cartoon. Yeah, to, to me, it felt like it could have been on like animation domination or whatever on like Fox. Like that could have just been Tsunami. on. It could have just been on TV on Adult Swim or something. It would have fit in. Well, it's it's just the style. I mean, it's a different style. All of these, all of these are different animation styles. And the important thing is that you know the studio or the creators chose how they wanted them represented, and that's the way they're represented. What did you like about the Elder? It fit in the Star Wars box for one, but it was kind of cool that it was like, there was like this mysterious bad guy character and they were seeking him out and they had to battle him. And it was a classic like, oh, one of the the master or the Padawan gets injured and the other's got to save the other. I, I love that kind of story. Classic Star Wars. But at the very end, I thought that it had the most like solid message. Maybe it was a little spoon fed. Master says to the Padawan like, hey, man, you don't want to, like, hold grudges and, like, search out power because it's just going to be a losing battle and you're going to turn into this old, like, curmudgeon and you're eventually going to lose all your power. So do you want to wind up like Darth Plagueis or do you want to, like, live, you know, a normal life? And right. I thought that made a lot of sense. And also maybe that was just something I needed to hear at that moment. Like, <laughs> yeah, you could just be content with, like, being a Jedi. You don't have to be, like, the most powerful person in the universe because literally every Jedi that like, makes that their goal ends up having a horrible, tragic story. So, yeah, it's just that, again, I guess that's the Star Wars box. But it was a nice little tagline at the end of the episode, you know, where you're like, what did you learn today? Right, right. Yeah, 
I agree with everything you said, and I have no notes on this episode, so I guess I just kind of sat through it, and and that's it. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, it was straight. It was very straightforward. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was the most Star Wars box I think of them all. But I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it. I loved it. I I this episode is badass. It's got some great Star Wars lore stuff to it that I eat for fucking breakfast. <laughs> so I didn't take notes, probably because I was so enthralled. It's really good. Watch them all. <laughs> I just want to go through a couple of... I, I want to go through the last two just a little, a little bit, because I do have notes for those. I want to touch on Lop and Ocho just very briefly, because I want to talk more about found family. I just love this. I just love this. I I love all of the ones, all of these episodes, uh, all of the episodes that are about found family. And they always all are because Jedi and Padawans and all that stuff. But this one is so, it's just so good. I loved everything about it. I loved the way it looked. And there's two things that I want to point out that I noticed that I fucking loved. One, the family adopts Lop and some amount of time passes and Ocho, her adopted sister, is siding with the Empire. She's like the heir to the planet, right? And she's siding with the Empire. So the father passes down the lightsaber, which has been in their family for generations, and it's like a rite of passage. He passes that down to Lop, who he adopted. And the idea in that moment within Star Wars that a lightsaber is not a weapon, but that it's the symbol of adoption and the bond between the father and his his adopted daughter was so incredible to me. You've taken the power away from this thing being a weapon, whereas in like almost every other episode within Visions, the lightsaber is described as a Jedi's weapon. And maybe it is in this one too, but the symbolic nature of he's passing this down as a family thing. This is the symbol. She is now, this is, you're his daughter. This is the symbol of that. It was so incredible to me. And the episodes that I love most take these amazing Star Wars symbols that are so ingrained within that box. They are a part of the, they're a wall of the box but taking them and using them as a symbol of found family within Star Wars is what I loved the most. And then he says, inheritance has nothing to do with blood, just to round it all out. And it's incredible. I love that. And man, get it, Star Wars. So using the box to go outside of the box, I love it. Yeah. Plus, I think Lop and Ocho would probably make the best, like, uh, plushy toys out of anything that was introduced in Visions. <laughs> I would buy the... I would buy the figures, for sure. Akakiri, I don't have much to say. I think it was also very good, but it is very much Anakin and Padme's story told from this creator and this studio's... It's their vision for Anakin and Padme's story, which I think is incredible. It was just an incredible way to tell the story and the way it turned out and the way it all happened and saving her life. like using that power that Anakin was searching for the whole time to actually save the woman that he loved. Just really incredible storytelling, I think, and very much within the Star Wars box. Yep. That one also had some cool music behind it. I yeah. really want to hear it on a soundtrack. 
anyone from Lucasfilm is listening or whoever owns the rights to the music, I assume it should be them. I'd like if to If anyone hear it. from Lucasfilm is listening, leave us a review. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I've uh I'm sorry if I rambled on, but man, a lot of these episodes meant a lot to me and uh again, they're all good. They're all worth a watch. Just watch them and hopefully it opens the door for you to check some of the stuff from these creators, some of the other stuff from these creators out. And hopefully it opens the doors for people to enter into star Wars. Yeah. It's an interesting exercise in keeping an open mind. Like even for all the complaints I have about it, this is what I tried to say earlier. It's like you should watch it to enjoy it and not watch it to rip it apart. Even though you are going to have an opinion about it, that's like, it shouldn't really be the point. But obviously, you're going to have an opinion. So that's the tough balance of like consuming stuff is you have to evaluate it afterwards for some reason that that's the cultural thing that we do. Like, hey, was that good or bad? I need to know. And not like, well, you should go experience it for yourself. Yeah, that's what I want to do here. Uh, I think a lot of this was good. Obviously, we've talked about what Royce and I didn't like about it, but it's worth experiencing. Go experience it. If you know you're not going to like it and then you're going to watch it and shit all over it on your uh, social media pages, don't watch it. But if you can have an open mind about it, go and watch them. I'm really curious what what kind of user feedback they got at the studio after releasing this as to yeah. if they want to do more of this, if they, it was a smashing success or not. I don't really know what like the consensus is. I'm surprised that it wasn't like just retail, like you mentioned, like Anakin and Padme's story. That was kind of like a, a new take on that. I'm surprised that it wasn't just like anime versions of stories we already know with maybe twists since it's a retelling and it's not canon. I feel like that would be a really successful series. It's Star Wars stories you already are familiar with, but anime. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think that would go over very well. First of all, I think it's great that they gave How is it? These... It wouldn't be any different from this, though. Oh, well, I think it would be really different. I think that they gave these creators and studios the freedom to tell their stories. And again, these might be stories that they've had in their head since they were 10 years old, that they now finally get to put in front of people. They've been waiting like their whole lives for Lucasfilm to show up and say, here you go. Like you just said, you're like, if Lucasfilm is listening, they've been waiting their entire (laughs) lives for that. And they finally got the opportunity and they told the story that they wanted to tell. I think if there was an anime version of, of Star Wars, we know just made into anime, even if it was tweaked a little, we'd still be talking about it on Krypton to Alderaan, but we'd be saying we liked it and blah, blah, blah. But man, it would have been great if they gave these creators the freedom to tell their own stories. We would, we would be, it would be like the same discussion, but, but flipped. I would be saying, what was the point of making these stories that we already know that are, or that already exist and just animating them instead of giving the creators the opportunity and freedom to tell their own stories. So, but I, think that I would watch, I would 100% watch animated versions of the stories we already have. Yeah. I was just thinking well. like, but you get, I will you watch get the comic, you, you read the comic book version of, you know, the films and you, you yeah. have a different experience. That's more what I was thinking. Like you 100%. get the anime version of the Death Star blowing up and it's like right. a different, yeah, you get it. Different experience. Something for everyone. And that's what I think. Don't sleep on it. Go out and watch it. Uh, okay. I have a surprise question for you, Royce. Let's do it. I don't have a song to sing with it. so That'll just, be just listen. fine. I'm, uh, 
given Roy's less work, but you're going to hate this question. Oh, good. <laughs> if you were a songwriter, musician, audio engineer <laughs> in the Star Wars Visions <laughs> galaxy, what is the name of the song you would write for Star Waver, uh, the band in Tatooine Rhapsody? It would... The the song well so I can't I can't I can't show you the ace up my sleeve, dude. Uh, it it would have to be visions. The visions is the song. So if someone listened to the end of this episode and you want to rip my brilliant idea off, yeah, the the song would be like I have visions or like I had a vision, and it would be all this like alternate Star Wars stuff, and you could incorporate elements from like every one of the stories. And it would like technically it would work, you know, because it's like non-canon, but they're visions. It's great. The title visions is perfect for this series and would be perfect for a hit song. Just saying. Copyright 2021. It's Roy's perfect because each episode <laughs> is someone's vision, and it's perfect because in almost every episode, I think only excluding the duel, the characters have visions in the force. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot there. So what would your song be then? Now I have a but I have a follow-up secret oh. question for you. <laughs> Are you going to write a Star Wars Vision song? Royish good looks. That idea I just posed, I definitely fiddled with for like a minute, yeah. but I I don't have anything. It it would be really difficult to cut something together too because none of it you would be jumping around from story to story like you said they're all different. So how do you how do you connect them? I, I don't know. I don't know. But there's something there for sure. The song I would write for Tatooine Rhapsody, I think would go a little bit out of their comfort zone. It would be a rock, like a, a love ballad, let's call it, rock love ballad. And it would be called Cover Me Porkins. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would that would be your, your Star Wars cover band where you're like, we only play... Uh... Cover uh, me Porkins. Fuck, why didn't I think of that? Yeah, it's a cover band and, <laughs> and you only do uh why am I blanking on uh Cantina band? Figurin' Don. Figurin', figurin', figurin Dan. Dan or Figurin' Dan, Don yeah, sorry, in the sorry, modal Dan. nodes. Yeah, yeah. So and so you would be cover say me that, Porkins. Say that again. Yeah. You'd be cover me Porkins and you only play Figurin' Dan in modal nodes covers. <laughs> that sounds perfect. I'm in. And I, I play the kazoo. And that's where we're okay. That's the end. <laughs> the end, everyone. Thanks for listening. Okay, Royce, you say all the things at the oh, end. Man. So we would love to hear what your favorite and least favorite visions episodes are and why. In general, what did you think of the whole series? Let us know on Twitter at Krypton Alderon or on Instagram, Krypton to Alderon. You could shoot us an email or pew 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 or photon torpedo us an email. <laughs> Krypton to Alderon at gmail.com. And of course, you can leave a review for the show wherever you're listening or a comment if you're on YouTube. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you on the next episode. I've been Royce. I've been Joey. And we've been Krypton, Krypton to Tattoo. Alderaan. Alderaan.